Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, this is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnite means every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. Oh, I look just like Buzzy Each episode, we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on sbfvgs.com. I don't care about that. Wow. This show is part of the RetroZap.com Podcast Network. Did you know that ArtCast is on Patreon? Well, now you do. So go check out patreon.com slash ArtCast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support, or you could join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. So once again, that's patreon.com slash ArtCast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 196 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is the man from Denver, Robert Workman. Soon to be the man in Boston, because it's almost time, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost time for PAX East, a show so good, the only way you can miss it is with coronavirus. <laughs> Whatever. <we're talking. laughs> That's a little too on the nose there, Robert, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't know. I, I was expecting a joke, and then I remembered, oh, Sony's not Yeah. Thanks for PewDiePie. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, we do have a jam-packed show here. We're going to talk about what we're doing at PAX, who we want to see, who we're excited about. We have a couple of our friends here who are going to be at the show. Uh, first off is a, a local favorite. We have him on the show all the time, and it's always great to have him back. Boston Bastard Brigade's own Evan Borgal. Konnichiwa, my bastards and wenches. It's great to be back here on the Ardcast. Indeed, and also our good friend from Marooners Rock, he's going to be there with uh, members of his team, and he's going to have a busy show in his own right, Mr. Andrew Peggs. Andrew, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. It's nice to be with you all. Honestly, it was about time that we had you on the show here, Andrew, just because like, we always do run into you like at the shows and stuff, but we never seem to, I don't know, like plan anything around like with you or anything. Because we're running around with our heads chopped off. Uh, there's yeah. that, there's that too, yeah. But we, you know, we, we just never really seem to kind of like coincide with our schedule, so I'm glad we were able to kind of finally get you on here. Oh yeah, so. no problem. But yeah, I mean, we've got a jam-packed four days of goodness, four and a half days, kind of, because... Obviously, everything kicks off Wednesday night with a pre-gamer party. Uh, this is where a few indie companies are going to show off what they have. And it's always a, a neat little place, aside from, obviously, the uh, Made in MA party, in which we see these upcoming developers just present these really cool games. You know, like there's card games, there's video games, um, there's just really a lot of good stuff. And it's just a nice place to just chill and get ready for the show, I think. 
I mean, it's a good primer for sure. I mean, like, it's not going to be like any anything like big by any means. Uh, you know, at least going by like previous uh, times going to made an MA. Um, but like, it is like a good primer, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, as far as seeing like what kinds of games to really expect, especially from the indie space, anyway. And then after that, of course, the show begins, and there's already some big stuff happening on Thursday. Uh, we got the Borderlands Three panel where they're going to announce officially that Tim Roth is directing the um, or e- Eli Roth, Eli Roth, Eli Roth, Eli Roth yeah. <laughs> Thinking of Tim Roth from WKRP in Cincinnati for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little shout out there. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're also going to show off. Uh, they're going to announce him directing the Borderlands movie, and they're also going to show up the new Borderlands 3 DLC and some other surprises maybe and then I know Platinum Games is going to have something going on where they're going to show off their new stuff and have something on the floor for Wonderful 101 Remastered mm. and some other new project. Maybe it's... Scalebound bringing back? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know or maybe a Bayonetta 3 release date? I mean I'd be, I'd be all for that honestly. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much going on but I mean Obviously, we saw something big lined up today, and one of the big games is going to be on the show floor of Streets of Rage 4. We were introduced mm. to a trailer today that not only introduced a new character, uh, Jax from Mortal Kombat. No, no. <laughs> Thick Jax. Uh, but a cybernetic, uh, a cybernetic guy. And then on top of that, four-player local co-op. Yeah. Uh, first time ever in the series. You got four players taking part there. But you also have Floyd Irala. I believe is his name. Uh, big cybernetic arm. Just, you know, he, he's like Max's son. If Max had sex with a Cuisinart, I guess. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but he's an amazing character. Fair. I'm not going to, I'm not, don't tell him that he'll kick my ass. Uh, <laughs> but it's a really cool character and, you know, two player online or four player local. It sounds like we need to get into the session there, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I'm sure we'll definitely, um, plan out like some time for all of us that you know to get together and actually do some four player because they're definitely going to be showing that off along with the new character you know there's also a ton of other games that are going to be on the show floor but let let's just actually uh run down here uh what we think the biggest games are going to be um why don't we go ahead and start with you evan and uh, if you don't say doom eternal we're kicking you off the show <laughs> well you do have to do start off with doom eternal because we're just what little than a month away before it finally launches and God, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, I hope this is going to be the title that where like Bethesda makes up for all their mistakes from last year. From from what I'm hearing, um, Doom Eternal is going to be bigger than the original Doom. The reason they shorthanded like Doom with its DLC is because they started work on Doom Eternal so early. Mm. So it's going to be stacked. I think the only downside to Doom Eternal is that we're going to have to wait a little bit, bit longer to see how it fares on the Switch. But other than that, you know, we'll be jumping in. We'll be checking out multiplayer, single player. We'll probably try to get Sean Baptiste on the show to talk about the game again. <laughs> it's just going to be a party and a half. Yeah, I know for me, like, uh, you know, the, the big thing with Doom Eternal is the fact that there's going to be a lot more traversal involved with like the combat. Um, whereas like with like the 2016 game, like it, it got the whole like rip and tear mentality, like, you know, really downright, like with its, uh, you know, with its own mechanic, you know, its own mechanics as far as like rushing down enemies and doing like finishing blows on them and all that. Now you add on like having like a basically like a grappling hook and just moving all around the place at like, you know, breakneck speeds. Like it's, it's really going to basically just like amp up the gameplay that we saw in 2016 up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really a bump up there. And, you know, they're part of that uh, Bethesda Game Day showcase where they're also going to show off the new ESO expansion, I believe. And I'm not sure what else they have aside from that. Uh, but I'm thinking for a little bit of Fallout 76 information. Oh, that's Game right. Too. The, the new um, the new mode in which uh, I believe it was Wayfinders or something like that. Yes. Oh, is that like yeah. the one like where they actually have NPCs in the map or something like that? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. They, they're, they're expanding. They're expanding. Yeah, Wastelanders is what it's called. Okay. It's the update in which you actually have more missions 
subscriptions and you don't have to pay the monthly subscription fee to get it, which is mm. kind of nice. The, it's so, a yeah. game now DLC, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, something we want to play in Fallout 76. <laughs> <laughs> um, but can we like address like the elephant in the room also as far as like Sony not being at the event? Um, as well as like, a couple uh, of other companies. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV's guys backed out, but Square Enix will still be there with Final Fantasy VII Remake and the new Outriders game from People Can Fly, the guys who worked on Bulletstorm. Yeah. You know, I, I know Final Fantasy community is going to be crushed, but I think the thing that hurts me most is we can't play The Last of Us Part Two. I was really yeah. hoping to play that. That was going to be the big one there. Longer. Yeah. There were there were rumors that said that like the demo wasn't even ready, so that's why they're trying to make up some excuse to not be there. I don't think that's actually true. I mean, like I really do think yeah. that like the, the, you know that the coronavirus is just getting everyone like you know like really cautious and just like not wanting to take any like chances or anything, especially when like people yeah. flying in from Asian countries. So it's and besides, you know, if the, if the Last of Us Part Two demo wasn't ready, that doesn't mean they couldn't have the rest of their presence there. I mean, they'd still have other games that could show up like dreams they would have their own doom eternal demo i'm pretty certain that they're going to be there because i do have appointments at the playstation booth for stuff and i haven't gotten any emails about them being canceled i mean have you seen like the latest show floor map though or just because like i because like from what i saw like they don't have sony there anymore I think Corsair took some of their space and THQ Nordic took some of their space because THQ Nordic has some stuff they're showing off their web. They're showing off uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Destroy All Humans remake, which I can't wait to see because that looks like Ooh. a hell of a lot of fun, yeah. and Desperados 3. So they have a much bigger space now. So all that space has been filled. Yeah, it looks like NC Interactive, THQ Nordic, and Corsair got a bigger booth. Yep, so that's what's going down. So Sony's going to be missed. I know Last of Us Part 2 is really going to be missed, but there are people that are making it up there. Not to mention the fact that Nintendo's got something going on. They're doing that Animal Crossing experience. My guess is they're probably going to do like a miniature village to show off that New Horizons game that's coming out next month. And people are going to swarm all over that like it's a campground in the middle of a rainstorm because, oh, no, no, we got to rest here. We got to rest here. Mm-hmm. For the rest now, of is the there going to be a life-size Tom Nook there as well to greet you at the booth? <laughs> He'll probably steal my wallet. Wallet if I know him, but I, just, <laughs> but I, I know that you know Animal Crossing fans have been talking about this game for months. I know streamers have been talking about this game for months. There's a direct just recently as well. Yeah, seriously. So it, it is going to be that game that's going to be swarmed out. So even though Sony's missing, Nintendo will more than make up with their presence. What I want to know is what else is Nintendo's bringing? Are they bringing Xenoblade Chronicles Special Edition? Are they bringing No More Heroes Three? Is it just Animal Crossing? I wouldn't mind even playing a few Nindies as they call them. I mean, they'll have like some there for sure. But Animal Crossing, I think, will definitely take up up most of the space there for sure oh, i mean that's, that's that's gonna be like the one that everyone like flocks to and like wants to try out like, I'll, you know, like do, do we actually know anyway that uh that they are going to have like a playable build of animal crossing there oh totally because okay. the game comes yeah. out next month okay yeah, well there you go then. playable yeah. demo from the email yeah, so, I mean, Nintendo will more than make up, uh, and then, obviously, like I said, Square Enix, I really want to play Outriders, because I've been taking a look at a few previews from the event a couple of weeks ago, and they said it's pretty wild. Yeah, because uh, there was a um, there was like a pretty good uh, preview of Outriders, I know, from Prima Games uh, that we saw, and um, yeah, yeah like, from it, Leanna Ruppert, right. Yeah, and um, it's looking really cool so far, uh, definitely looks like something that Anthem should have been in a lot of ways, because Outriders is clearly taking a lot of inspiration from Destiny as well, uh, yeah. but seems like they are... At least, like, approaching it the right way so far. It's still, like, a bit too early to say, but I'm definitely excited to see more of it for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's people can't fly. And like I said, they really know their innovation with Bulletstorm. Uh, And speaking of stuff that's going to be on the floor that's going to get our attention, the first place I assume we're all going is the Behemoth. 
because they're not only hosting a breakfast, but they're bringing the new Alien Hominid Invasion game. Yeah. Uh, which is supposed to be a nice twist on the classic game, I believe, with multiplayer. I haven't seen too much of it yet, so I can't say. But anytime the Behemoth brings a new game, it's like Christmas. <laughs> I mean, granted, it takes a while for it to come out, but they always nail it. You know, like Castle Crashers and Switch and, and you know, all, all these great games that they've done. So well, their breakfast is like Christmas, too, in a way. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, all those fresh muffins, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they got some new games to show off there, too. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, like, I think, like, without The Last of Us 2 is, like, the biggest game that's going to be shown there. Well, I guess aside from Animal Crossing, anyway, uh, the biggest non-Nintendo game, we'll say, um, is going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake being shown there uh yeah i mean we've seen that but don't forget doom eternal too because a lot of people have been playing like ages to play that that's true like has that been playable like at any other like convention or anything like recently i think maybe last year at QuakeCon. maybe i I didn't go so i couldn't say but i know they showed it off like a new build and it got a lot of people excited yeah i'm just hoping that this is like a new build honestly final fantasy 7 remake like i'm not sure if it's gonna be the same one that they had before in pax west but i'm definitely excited to play it again just because i've just been wowed by this game just more and more i've been seeing it so absolutely i I agree with you this game has been nothing short of a lot of fun evan you played it right no i haven't actually had a chance to play the demo because you know i haven't been to three in x amount of years oh that's right yeah and i don't know if we'll go again so (laughs) yeah well now you got a chance to so yeah yeah we'll we'll see how it goes yeah so here's your chance to play it then yes Uh, exactly and then on top of that, uh, obviously Devolver Digital's got its games like Fall Guy. They just announced this one called Disc Room, in which oh my yeah, god, I'm excited for this one. This <laughs> one looks bonkers. You like run around these rooms and like all these killer discs just try to kill. It's like why would I go into a room with a bunch of fucking buzzsaws? <laughs> Am I stupid? Yeah, so is it like Windjammers as a, as a survival horror game, basically? Or? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like yeah. Except you're not trying to catch the discs this time, there, David. You're trying to avoid the discs. Fair um, enough. Yeah, but I mean. I mean, this one looks like a lot of fun uh and yeah i mean plus on top of that our friend i believe kinsey burke will be there as well so it'd be great to run into her and say hi and stuff too for sure yeah um so as far as like the indie games go um one i'll mention here real quick is a uh, like there's like a dark comedic horror retro first person shooter called Kerr. Uh, which looks pretty interesting. Uh, so there has been like a large influx of just, you know, these kind of like retro first person shooters with kind of like pixel art style and uh, very, you know, very Doom or Quake-like basically. But um, but yeah, like this this definitely looks like it's going to take like a, um, you know, more of a, more, you know, more of kind of like a funny tone with it, at least, at least with kind of like a dark comedy tone anyway, uh, which I certainly appreciate. So I'm definitely looking forward to check that out. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I've been hearing something about 3D Realms Ghost Runner. I heard this made a mm. real splash of PAX South last month. I can't believe I said last month. We're already having another show. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is like a first-person uh, stealth ninja action game. It's got very nouveau-style visuals, sharp gameplay, good challenge. It almost seems like a Ninja Gaiden for the next generation, if you will. Yeah, like Ninja Gaiden meets Mirror's Edge, basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ooh, Except, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty rad. It really does. And then, of course, uh, our friend uh, Dave Oshry will be back there with New Blood. They're mm-hmm. going to have some games on the floor as well. I believe they're showing off something entirely new on the show floor, uh, along with their Dusk stuff and maybe their Switch games. I don't know, but I know they were showing off some new games as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll have a good booth. And um, I know, Andrew, uh, you brought to my attention Dodo Peak, which um, I did get an email oh, yeah. for, but I didn't really like catch my attention too much. But you brought to my attention the fact that they're holding a DDR tournament there, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
we'll never see David again. Yeah. Once I read DDR, I instantly thought of you and said, like, this would be perfect for you. Right, yeah. I mean, it's basically like a type of, like, challenge, basically, like where you're using a DDR pad to play the game, right? Yes. Because it didn't really provide that much information other than there'll be a tournament going on that involves a DDR pad in the game. So it's like... Okay, interesting. I want to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't think I have like any, anything um, uh, scheduled with them or anything, but I'll definitely swing by the booth, and I'm sure I'll see the pad there and be like, okay, I'm going to hop on and try it out. So. <laughs> I'll play for 45 minutes, no problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the New Blood game I was talking about is this mysterious-looking game called Gloomwood. And it, it looks like something like out of Dark Souls almost with like a Western theme. Well, not Western. Theme. Right. I think that might be the game I was actually trying to think about before we were started like recording, actually. Yeah. Uh, Gloomwood. Mm. Yeah. It looks really cool. And then um, one I'm really interested in because I like old school wrestling games, uh, Retromania uh, is coming. That is basically a spiritual successor to WWF WrestleFest. Uh, features a number of wrestlers like the Legion of Doom. Uh, Stevie Richards will actually be there, so he'll have his right to censor, like always. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to have a bunch of old school wrestlers in it, and it just looks like a lot of fun in terms of like wrestling old school goodness compared to the clusterfuck we got that was WWE 2K20. So right. I will take a play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we need more arcade wrestling games to come out anyway. But um, what is really interesting, though, and you mentioned that they that they brought back some like old school wrestlers in there. So is it like the WWE like license that they have, basically, or is no. it only for like, certain certain characters? Only for certain characters that aren't licensed by the WWE. This is not a WWE related game, but they got a bunch of indie wrestlers in there, which is I think is really cool, cool. and also some inspired wrestlers. So it, mm. it'll be like parodies and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Not official. So it, it does look pretty cool. Like they actually just launched pre-orders and, and the retro box actually looks pretty rad here. I'll, I'll share it here. But it's just it's pretty cool when it comes to like old school. Do we know like which uh, which studio is showing that off exactly? No, it's just under Retromania Wrestling. But I believe, yeah, I believe it is a Retro Soft Studios. There it is. I was I knew it was Retro something. I just didn't want to say Retro Wrestling because that's not their name. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a little limiting for like any future games that they come out with as well. So. They could do like, you know, Retromania Crush Hour. Come on. They could. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, and also we have to mention to our friends over at Yacht Club Games. Uh, so yes. obviously since they did finish up their line of Shovel Knight games, uh, they're going to be showing off um, at, least, like, you know, at least like some more games and you know also like another like Shovel Knight game with Shovel Knight dig uh which is pretty cool and um i believe when we were talking about this earlier here robert you kind of equated it to be more like dig dug which i certainly can can see and agree with for sure or um, mr driller or mr driller in that case yeah um and uh also they're showing off cyber shadow which i believe they're going to have a new uh like a new build of it because they did show this off at the last pax east last year yeah um and so from what i saw from the email that i got from them it does look like it's you know there's like some new additions and just some new stuff basically to uh, you know to experience and show off and everything on the show floor so definitely looking forward to that yeah and then on top of that we also have team 17 they've got a bunch of games that they're going to have in their booth as well including the survivalists which was introduced in nintendo direct a few months ago going under which is this uh action-packed roguelike game that with some neat looking visuals that take place in silicon valley Monster Sanctuary, uh, they're also going to have Moving Out, which is this great little multi co-op multiplayer game where you have to move furniture in a record amount of time, and you have to kind of work together on that. It kind of reminds me of this one uh, that came up for Nintendo Switch. It was like the stretchers. And you had to like, you know, get these people to safety and everything, but you had to work together as a group to like control the, the stretcher. And <laughs> you kept dumping bodies in the wayside because you can't walk straight. 
What's wrong with this? <laughs> and um, Andrew, I believe you you also like mentioned uh, as well earlier before we started recording uh, and, uh, a game called Infernax. Now, this is a game I got an email for as well and definitely looks very interesting just because it has a very NES kind of aesthetic to it. Um, a little bit of Castlevania look. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be kind of like Castlevania-ish, sort of uh, Zelda 2-ish as well, kind of like that side-scrolling style, so... I heard of this, yeah, it looks very cool. Yeah, the name kind of like reminds me of Astyanx a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I recall this, yeah, my buddy Hunter Bond works in that. Uh, it's Berserk Studio, uh, the same guys, I believe, who did Just Shapes and Beats. Mm-hmm. And yes. it is bonkers, because they're like... 30 ways to die. They're like absolutely dramatic ways to die. It's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this again. Yeah, and from what I know this year, they will have something new being shown off at the booth. As for what, I can't get any information other than it'll be shown at the booth. Well, hopefully it'll be worth the mystery that they're uh, holding over it. So, <laughs> or donuts, <laughs> or, or the donuts, yeah, exactly. No, always so. the donuts. Come on, right? <laughs> um, another game I wanted to mention here as well is uh, "Help Will Come Tomorrow." Now, Evan, I don't know if you like heard about this, but this seems like it would be something that'd be that'd be like your type of jam as well. Uh, it's basically like a two D survival slash management style game, like where you're playing as like a group of people like surviving in like a snowstorm, and it seems to be like a little post apocalyptic, but. Uh, basically, it's just like trying to keep like this group of people alive. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you got like the email on that. If you remember seeing it, I don't think so. What was the game called again? Uh, it's called Help Will Come Tomorrow. I think I remember seeing them last year at PAX East because it's because that name sounds very very familiar. Yeah, I mean, it has like a pretty cool like 2D art style to it, basically. But um, you know, it, it like it kind of reminds me of um, there was like another game that came out like where you're basically you know again playing as like a group of people and you have to like kind of figure out like you have to like basically make hard decisions in order to decide like who's going to survive and just figure out. Like, this almost has like a vibe of a darkest dungeon, but not as dark. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's it's a little bit lighter than darkest dungeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, although the themes themselves are still quite dark, I'd say. So yeah, yeah, and there was another game um, that's going to be over in the Polish booth called Liberated. This is sort of like a side-scrolling um, action stealth sort of game that's got a cool little black and white art style to it. I played a little bit of PAX West. I got time to see it at PAX East as well. Mm-hmm. But this game looks like it really stands out in its own right. Uh, it's got a great little story behind it. Here, I'll pull up the Steam page, and it's just. It looks like really cool comic style tale. Yeah, I was gonna say like I remember seeing like the um, the previews for this and like it has like yeah. a very comic booky kind of feel. Like I think it even like you know goes from like panel to panel like when during like you know cutscenes or maybe like during the play itself. So it's almost like a little bit of a I guess like comic zone ish in that sense. If yeah. it was like more like you know if it was like darker and noir and and it has kind of like a bit you know some like cyberpunky kind of like vibes to it as well. Uh, it's pretty neat. But um, yeah, basically like you know your usual dystopian kind of stuff, but in a pretty like fresh coat of paint i'd say so yeah totally and then of course we know the booth that evan's going to be hanging out at and that is way forward yes actually way forward is going to be the first appointment i have i'm going to be checking out shante and the seven sirens yeah yeah that's it seven sirens i knew it was some i was gonna say half genie here i was like nope that's out <laughs> <laughs> yes because i just checked out their vitamin connection that's going to be on the show floor as well but that game's a lot of fun too yeah you need to have two players to play that game that's the problem yeah one of the one of the mini games that is in that one is impossible to play in single player mode yeah but i mean other than that neat little aesthetic and i'm sure you could talk to them about it when you're over there, there. oh yeah i know like at the last pax west i went to uh like way forward had river city girls as well as uh, you know as well as shante and the vitamin connection as well um but yeah with river city girls i mean that kind of like took over like a lot of that booth i feel like you know as far as like people's attention uh but with like the new shante i mean like it's basically more shante like if you enjoy the shante series or just like you know your typical 2d platformers i mean 
mean, it'll definitely scratch that itch, it seems. So. Oh, absolutely. Not to mention limited run games will be there right alongside them, so they'll mm-hmm. have a bunch of games to pick up as well. Absolutely, yep. yeah. The death of my wallet, rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, hopefully they'll have more of that, uh, was like the uh, cassette tape and the vinyl record, I believe, for Snatcher, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so, hey, you know my birthday's coming up, David. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I know that Jeremy Parrish will be around as well because he's doing a panel with me. So he should be around yeah. at that limited run booth too, I believe. So Oh, totally. It'll be great to run into him and see how he's doing at his new gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving on, uh, Rebellion will also be there. They're going to show off Sniper Elite VR as well as Zombie Army Trilogy for Nintendo Switch. And for those that haven't seen it yet, they also have Zombie Army 4, which is what we're checking out. Mm. So they'll have a pretty full booth if you feel like laying waste to some Nazis. Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's one of the best games out there. And then this was kind of neat. Uh, we got a magic game that's going to be on the show floor. Magic Legends. Uh, this is going to be on the show floor in which you could try out two different unique Planeswalker classes, utilizing their diverse spells and abilities. This looks like it'll be a lot of fun for Magic fans. So you have that going for you as well. Cool. And um, I know there's also a game here for RPG fans, uh, which I'm definitely interested in checking out, called Shadow of the Road. Uh, it's basically like a turn-based RPG with a feudal Japan setting to it. And um, again, this is kind of like the art style, like looks like intriguing enough to me. Like it's nothing like super stylish or anything, but it's it's just like it looks very clean and this you know just looks nice and everything. And uh, definitely interested in seeing uh, seeing what they have to show. Have you looked into the game Gen- uh, Genshin Impact? Uh, it'll be playable. It was going to be at the Sony booth, but they have their own booth as well. Right. Uh, I did get an email on that. I know. Um, yeah. It- it's a Zelda, it's like Zelda meets anime and it's open world, which was like what caught my eye. I'm like, oh, wow. Another open art world RPG. Right. Yeah. Genshin Impact. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That looks pretty cool as well. Yeah. Like I, there are like a lot of like games. I, I like, you know, just like from everything I've seen, I've gotten like emails on like where it's just like, OK, that looks interesting. That looks interesting. But nothing that like I'd say like completely wowed me because um, I know for me, like with like Paxi's coming up, I was, I was looking forward to most like The Last of Us 2, I, you know, obviously as like all of us have. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. But uh, I mean, like as far as like the indie stuff, I mean, like it, the indie stuff still looks strong. Like, you know, it's 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 always strong pretty much at Paxi's. But um, I guess there's like nothing, at least, you know, judging by the emails and everything that I've seen, like, you know, like with Paxi's upcoming that has like really uh, just kind of jumped out at me, I guess. Like, uh, like I don't know if, if I'm like alone in thinking that or if you guys also feel the same way. There are a few that, that kind of jump at me. Um, you know, the indie games that kind of catch you off guard. Like, there's this one that Head Up announced called Pumpkin Jack. Uh, this is I like saw a, pictures of this. Yeah, a 3D platformer that looks it, it looks like if Medieval got really pissed off or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, right. I do remember this now. Yeah, now yeah. you're like describing it. Yeah, because I, I, I was thinking of you, Robert, actually, because I know you like Medieval. So um, yeah. I figured that this would be like pretty much like up your alley for sure. Yeah, that definitely looks like a lot of fun. And Head Up Games has a pretty good lineup there, but I, that's going to be the highlight. I also want to check out Colt Canyon because I've been hearing a good amount of that one, too. Mm. Oh, and that one mm. looks nice. Yeah. So, again, nice little surprise is taking you surprise there. Uh, by surprise, and I keep saying surprise. Yep. Um, <laughs> surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Are any of you checking out the one called The Red Lantern? Oh, uh, that sounds familiar too. Honestly, like it's the one about the um, <laughs> about the huskies and like the uh, you know what do they call it the the Iditarod. 
Right, right. Right, 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 right. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, that does yeah, look they interesting. Had, they so. had a trailer for it on one of the Nintendo Nindies episodes, and I remember it catching my attention, and when I saw it was coming, I was like, shit, I gotta jump on on this. Yeah, I, I just pulled up, like, the email for this, so um, basically the short description to half word is, The Red Lantern is a resource management narrative game where you and your team of five sled dogs must survive the wilderness and find your way home. So uh, mm-hmm. that definitely sounds sounds very interesting there. And uh, oh, and it's um, kind of got this sort of like Oregon Trail kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and um, Ashley Birch is going to be voicing that too. So yeah, oh, wow. so definitely she, um, she was really great in mm-hmm. Mythic Quest too. Check that out. Yep, yep, and uh, also like Horizon Zero Dawn. She was in Life is Strange. So yep. um, yeah, so that definitely should be very interesting, and certainly seems to push the whole narrative drive that they're putting with this game too. So that that'll be one I'll definitely check out. So thanks thanks for uh, for reminding me there, Evan. You're welcome. Um, and- what about um? Did you guys happen to see the the booth for Postal Four? No, I didn't know that Postal Four is going to be showing off at PAX East. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Postal Four, no well, regrets. Cancel my plans. Yes, I had no That's clue it. either. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. I'll definitely check that out because I, I, you know, I, I kind of have like a weird relationship with the Postal franchise. Like I remember playing the first game when like. I don't know. I wasn't really supposed to, and everything. So it was always kind of like that dirty secret game that like no one else should know that I'm playing. Kind yeah, of it was like the more violent version of Leisure Suit Larry. It was like you mm-hmm. know, ooh, let's we have to be very quiet about talking about this certain game. But yeah, they're showing off the fourth one. I don't know if you've ever seen the trailer for it. Looks wicked funny. Yeah, um, it's still first person, I believe. Right, like how Postal Three was. I think it might have been switched back to third person. Oh, was it? Okay, so yeah, probably uh, just had. It's been like a while since I've seen it, but. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know that there was a Postal 4 being made. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Postal 4, no regrets. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's been a while since hearing about this. But yeah. I know. And speaking of the old school, another company, uh, Battery Staple Games, is going to be there. They're going to show off 3000X, which is the sequel to 2000X. Mm. Uh, looks to be a nice little side-scroller akin to the classic Mega Man games. It's funny because we're getting another Mega Man collection this week as we head into PAX. Mm-hmm. Speaking, of course, about Mega Man X0, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. ZX yep. or something like that. It's a Z, a, yeah, it's awesome. a ZX series, basically. Yeah. yeah. The Zero series. So, yeah. I mean, on top of that, we're going to have 3000X. I mean, the, the, the guys at Battery Stable, they, they, they do a great job. They did a great job in Jamestown Plus for Switch. Mm-hmm. And before that, obviously, 2000X. So, I'm looking forward to talking to them, getting an interview with them, and chatting about what they're going to put in the 3000X. That'll be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if there's, like, any other games that... Um... We should mention here, like at least like Jammers too, because I figured uh, you were gonna say something. <laughs> how about um, how about over at the Tiny Build booth? They are going to be showing off a video game that's very much like Splatoon, only instead of cute squid kids, you're playing naked men throwing pasta. Okay, <laughs> ramen. ramen. Oh, ramen, right, right. Ramen, yeah. ramen. Yeah. Ramen. Yeah. seeing videos of this, I'm like, this will go over well on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I do remember seeing that. That that looks like, like you know, I feel like ramen has the um, has like the potential, honestly, of stealing the show. Like with people like passing by and be like, what the hell is this? And going on and just like just seeing everyone just having fun with it. So I've heard great things about it. I have an appointment to check it out. So I'm really excited Same. to see what it's going to be like. So how how would we describe ramen because i'm still trying to dig up some information on it i literally just said it it's splatoon, it's splatoon meets naked men with yeah pasta. all right instead instead of splatoon it's patoon yeah know. there you go <laughs> I don't know. so basically third person soup slinging food fighter is how they describe it more or less that and, are naked yeah that and, are naked yeah yeah and it supports two to eight players it seems so it definitely seems like it'll be a good one on the show floor and get a lot of people looking at it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um then we have annapurna they're gonna bring some good games as well the artful escape 
the pathless, and then they're going to have an unannounced title. These, these guys really won this over last year with Sayonara Wild Hearts. So. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite games last year. Yeah. it was. I, I remember getting you the vinyl album from PAX West, I think it was. Yes, you thank you very much that. for that. You're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> give me a beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's this one other game I wanted to bring up called Bake and Switch. Uh, it, it's like an isometric um, puzzle game with food. Uh, I, I got an appointment to see this, and it looks kind of bizarre based on its Twitter account, but it looks like it's one of those games that, that can draw you for a loop if you're not careful, I guess. <laughs> it looks kind of cool, like adorable dough creatures that get sacrificed to the Guardians of Dough. D-O-U-G-H, by the way, not like, you know, Arkanoid. Yeah, or like dough. <laughs> dough! <laughs> yeah. uh, there's also another game here I was just finding from my emails uh, called Metal Unit. Uh, so this is going to yeah. be shown off uh, alongside Skull. Uh, it's going to be showing off by uh, by NeoWiz, actually, is the name of the company here. So there's yeah. Metal Unit and Skull the Hero Slayer. And um, Skull the Hero Slayer uh, specifically looks very interesting. Like, definitely a very, um, very like, detailed pixel, like, action platformer style game it seems so i have played it for a while now and uh yeah how you just described it is pretty much right on the dot very cool yeah like um, any like early impressions like on your end like from actually playing it or? uh not really since it's a really uh, it's an alpha build so i was holding off until it's a beta build okay I mean, like anything that um i guess that you kind of like taken from that like early build or like anything i guess that you feel like it's, it's going in a certain direction or you know or one direction or another I'm more or less messing around with it for now until they do a few updates where it's like I can really give it a kick of, okay, I'm not going to break it. I can really give it a test. But the oh, graphics... The whole idea of alphas is, is to break them, though. You know, that. Oh, so, know. Yeah. you, you got to break them. <laughs> but the one game that I know it's not playable at PAX East is Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, but they'll have right. a showcase. They're going to show off gameplay for the first time. And they're going to have like a special guest. My guess is somebody from Bioware. Or, you know, like one of the former guys from Bioware, because they did the original Baldur's Gate. Right, right, yeah. So there's going to be, like, one of the, like, developers of, uh, of like, the older games. Maybe Dr. Ray... Was Yeah, I forgot his last name, but, Oh, yeah, yeah it's one of the doctors who, like, led, um, led yeah, Bioware. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Because they're no right. longer with the company. They can come and easily consult. I mean, they said a surprise guest, so it right. has to be somebody who was on the original Baldur's Gate team. I'm so sure. I'm looking... Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Yeah. Uh, cool, yeah. Um, anything else uh, that's on your schedule there, guys? Or? Yeah, NIS America. They're going to have a ton of stuff on the show floor. They're going to have oh, yeah. Trails of Cold Steel 3, uh, Langrisser 1 and 2, La Milana 1 and 2, which are really great side-scrolling platforming uh, adventure games, Disaster Report 4. Now, this one I want to see because it's always kind of neat to go in the middle of like a big disaster thing. Um, Summer Memories, which I assume is some sort of romance game. I don't know. I'll have to take a look. And some secret new game. Hopefully, you know, a new Prinny game. We haven't had one of those in, like, ages. Mm. Prinny or Disgaea or... Yeah, well, we're getting a new Disgaea. I thought we got, like, five recently, if I recall correctly. But I'm talking Prinny. Five and then a remaster of the first one. Yeah, we need a Prinny one. I want Prinny the side-scrolling penguin from hell game. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Seems only fair. (laughs) Um, I actually just found a couple here I I recall uh, really caught my eye, actually. Uh, So this is from Blowfish Studios. Um, so they're coming out with a uh, co-op holy punk brawler game called Obey Me. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which looks pretty interesting, kind of like Demon's Angels sort of vibe to it. But um, yeah, it's like a co-op game, basically. So I'm definitely interested to see uh, you know see more of that. 
And uh, there's also Element Space, which is uh, kind of like, um, it's basically like an XCOM style game, but like um, definitely a little heavier on like, you know, sci-fi and uh, there's like, you know, space terrorists involved and all this stuff. So, uh, but like, I'm always down for like more like XCOM style games. So like, I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. And um, there's also like another, uh, it's kind of like a, like another retro action platformer style game here uh, called Infinite Beyond the Mind. So uh, those are the three games from Blowfish, anyway, that I'm definitely uh, interested in checking out. And then there's another game uh, called Bite the Bullet. This is a side-scrolling shoot-'em-up where you can actually eat enemies and some of the ammunition. And you actually, <laughs> there are times in which you'll actually puke up, like, what you <laughs> eat. It's one of those weird sort of games, but it's got some potential. Do we know who's making that one, or...? Um, I'm looking it up. I, I, I do recall the developer. It just it does sound like a new blood game, honestly, just by the description alone. <laughs> Mega Cat Studios. Oh, Mega Cat. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked with them at PAX West, I believe it is. For but sure. we'll talk to them again at PAX East. And then on top of that, also returning is Free Fields Entertainment. They have Dangerous Driving 2, which is uh, their burnout-style racing game. They've got, like I believe, more features this time around, so I get to see that as mm. well. Yeah, because um, I know uh, their first game, Dangerous Driving, it did like okay as far as like uh, critical reception and all. Um, but I, I do hope that like whatever that they do with the sequel, that they'll like really like push forward with with what it is that they can do or what they have done before in the Burnout series. So yeah, yeah I, I think they will. I think they're doing pretty well with that. Um, and then on top of that, there's also Wired Productions. They're going to be bringing a few games as well. But the one that stands out for me is this game called The Falconeer. Um, and I've been hearing some good stuff about this. It's essentially an airborne ocean water fantasy role-playing adventure. Wow. <laughs> That's okay. how they describe it. It looks pretty neat based on what I've seen so far. So Cool. It's, it's better than CheckFu, so calm down. <laughs> 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 oh, and one more thing. This is kind of amazing. I, I booked what I believe uh, is one of the coolest companies that are going to be new at PAX East this year, and they're called Sheet Audio. I, I almost want to yes, say I booked it. I almost, <laughs> I almost want to say shit audio, but it, I think it's Sheet. Oh, I think it's shite. Yeah, it could be It's it's like that commercial. Okay, Mister Dumbass, the name's Dumas. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I wanted to go by there and shoot the shite. Why not? No, there you, <laughs> you go. Know? There you go. But they got some good audio products there, and uh, I know there are a few some other companies as well, like Audio Technica, I believe, is going to be there. Yeah, I believe yeah. Uh, Razor is going to be there because they have their party Saturday night. I mean, there are a lot of great companies that are going to be a show floor this year. And of course, uh, we talked earlier about this. Swim Sanity is going to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> again again, again. yeah <laughs> they're becoming the new just shapes and beats guys right <laughs> we did an rcast mini i know with those guys and like they're they're super nice and super friendly and everything and it'll, it'll be nice when their game actually does come out like they're like the full game anyway um and it looks like it's going to be coming out for switch as well i believe so um yeah it looks like like the perfect game basically to have on switch because it's meant to be kind of like this co-op slash competitive kind of like party brawler type of game but all underwater so be pretty cool yeah I mean, from when I played the first few times I checked it out, I thought it was pretty cool. So it, those of you who haven't checked it out yet, by all means, please do so. It does look like a good time. Mm-hmm. I think I have one more game. Um, it's called Misbits. Misfits. I have to look this one. Yeah, it, it's. I have a bunch of emails. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's same a, right. It's a multiplayer game. It's action-driven sandbox for warriors, builders, and creators alike. You can head roll, body swap, and wield absurd pickups through modes like playhouse, deathmatch, and kick brawl. Mm. Um, looks kind of cool, and yeah, I'm eager to check that out as well. Because these local multiplayer games, they're they're popping up like clockwork. Yeah, and like it's good to see, honestly, because it seemed like couch co-op style games were were dead for like a long while, and um, 
Honestly, like the first game I can recall that was starting to kind of bring that back was a game called Thief Town, I remember. And um, that was made by uh, what used to be, I believe they were called Glass Knuckle Games. Uh, we had um, we had like a buddy of mine who basically led that team uh, on like a really early episode of our cast. Um, but uh, yeah, so like as I know Thief Town is also coming to Switch at some point. I don't know if Thief Town will be like the Switch version anyway. It'll be shown at PAX. So it'd be nice if, if it is. Um, but it is cool to see now we're seeing like this kind of trend, I guess, of the couch co-op uh, gaming come back in a big way yeah i think so too and you know between that and like i said with with streets rage 4 and it's four player local co-op for the Mm -hmm. first time ever in the series Mm -hmm. and i think that's it's gonna be great to just sit around and play demos together i mean even if we're not all together i'm sure we'll just like hey come on over and join us we're just beating the crap out of this guy now windjammers 2 has usually been shown alongside streets of rage 4 during all these like conventions that we've gone to wouldn't it be awesome if there was also a four-player windjammers (laughs) well see david the problem with that is that no matter who i pick for a partner you'll kick my ass (laughs) it it seems to be like a yearly tradition at these pack shows to be like okay is there a game i can bludgeon robert at (laughs) this one doesn't have samurai but it has frisbees That'll work. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Is there friendly fire in Streets of Rage 4? Because we can make that competitive too if you want. No, uh, you, we're, we're turning that off and I'm super. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of wild. The game I'm looking at right now that's catching my eye is called Dunk Lords. It's a oh, yeah. arcade yeah. basketball game and fighting game. So it's Shaq Fu. <laughs> no, it's, it's NBA Jam. <laughs> it's more NBA Jam, yeah, in that case. Because um, I have played it a few times, I know. Um, I played it once during, uh, what was it? New York, um, it was like a New York event, I remember. Um, uh, like one of those pre-gamer New York ones? Yeah, yeah, it was a pre-gamer one. That's right, that's right, yeah. So I, I played it there, and I played it during uh, PAX East, I think, a couple of years ago, I want to say. But yeah, it, it's been like around. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to, yeah, since since you mentioned that it's going to be there, uh, just to see like what the latest build looks like. Because, uh, yeah, it is basically like it is basically like NBA Jam, but with like more fantastical like characters attached to it. Um, you can get like all sorts of different abilities, and basically you upgrade your characters after each quarter of play. So since there are like four quarters, you basically get like three chances to like upgrade your characters, uh, depending okay. on how well you play during that quarter. So it's kind of like you build experience and you build them up, and yeah. They're stating here uh, it'll show off a huge amount of content, including twenty characters, fifteen courts, twenty five equipable items, and it's stated to release. Uh, on PC next month and Xbox One later in the year. Sweet. Uh, so Evan, how about you? So let me first tell you. So one of my uh, one of my favorite genres in Japanese animation is a genre called yashike, and yashike is a kind of anime that you watch to kind of like soothe your soul, kind of like a healing kind of thing. You don't. It's something you watch to like relax. And I came across this video game that is being shown off by Whitethorn Digital that looks like the video game equivalent of an Yashike. And the game is called Lake. Lake. And bas- okay. Yeah, so basically you play this woman, Meredith. It's the year 1986. Uh, you, you've recently had been uh, working in a big city, but she's coming back to her small hometown, delivering mail to people, and just catching up with like people whom she hasn't seen in a very, very long time. Hmm. And I was watching the trailer for it. it. It's not the most exciting game, but it, that's kind of the point. It looks like it's one of those games where you, you just walk around and just see what's going on. And it, it caught my attention. It looked it looks like something that could be like, it's not going to be like a blockbuster hit, but it's going to be one of those games that people are going to turn on and like if they're feeling like a like burnt out it's going to be the type of game that they're going to play 
So that that is kind of interesting, actually, like the fact that they really focus in on the fact that you play as like this older woman, like a 40 something year old woman. Um, and it's definitely seems like it has like a slower pace to it. And it's more like narrative driven, basically, right? Yes, it's very narrative driven. But it, like I said, it looks like it's the type of game that's going to be relaxing and calming, a polar opposite of your Doom Eternals. In case you know the palate cleanse, anyway, in that case. Do I look like I need to relax at a show like this? <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Right. <laughs> but it looks pretty cool. Not to mention, it's going to have like one of the. It's got multiple endings too. So depending on how your character reacts to her surroundings, is going yeah. to be how the game's going to end. Oh, and um, I believe uh, was it East Sprid Games are going to be there as well. East Sprid, yep, they're going to be showing off Nirvana and World of Horror. World of Horror, oh, yeah. Nice. World of Horror is definitely a game you have to check out. Um, just because uh, the whole game is basically made with like MS Paint, <laughs> like the visual style <laughs> of it anyway. Um, yeah. and it is like straight up, it's like a survival horror style game and like where it's... it looks like a junji ito manga it yeah no totally totally you're right on with that and uh yeah it's just like the art style is just like amazing and it's even more amazing again the fact that it's made in ms paint so that's definitely one one to check out um as well as a nirvana as well uh so that is the follow-up to valhalla and um robert i know you you've been singing the praises of coffee talk recently yeah um coffee talk would be a good appetizer to what nirvana is going to be so Yes, nice. and Valhalla was my game of the year back in 16. So Valhalla was great, I'm very, yeah. I'm very excited to see what they're going to be doing more. I, I did a demo last year of Nirvana, so I'm very excited to see what they're going to be adding on to it for this year. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but when they released the Valhalla on Nintendo Switch, uh, there's a part where they actually add and reference Nirvana in the in the narrative now. Do they? Oh, wow. Yeah, because mm. I play through the Switch version. I, I guess I just don't like recall it, like you know, through, from from playing it. It's it's the part where like where where Jill and her uh, Jill and her boss are uh, they're just at her apartment just drinking, and it, it comes up in the conversation. Yeah, so that's definitely one to check out. And uh, Robert, again, highly recommend that you check out Nirvana if you like coffee talk so much. So cool, yeah, will do. Yeah, and uh, while we're at it, um, I did want to talk about like a few panels that are going to be of interest. Yes. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we'll talk about the big one here that David's doing, and that is thir- celebrating 35 years of Tetris. He'll be teaming up with Morgan Shaver, who we previously had in the show, as well as Jeremy Parrish and a few other people. They're going to be talking about the history of Tetris. They're going to have uh, nice little comparison stories, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. That is on Sunday, 2 o'clock at the Albatross Theater. Uh, there is also our good friend John Phipps over there at SDGC. He's hosting a panel called Ranking the Final Fantasy Spinoffs. Mm. Uh, this is Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. in the Condor Theater, and it's got a, a fine group of people there. You know, it has Amanda Farrow, it has Christy Pride, it has a number of different people who are talking about these Final Fantasy spinoffs. And John, of course, is very privy with Final Fantasy, so that's his speed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the 101 Things You Didn't Know About Platinum Games panel, in which Hideki Kamuya will be there, and he will block everybody in the room. <laughs> I was just about to ask that. Will he block everybody in the room? <laughs> he freaking will. And you also get the wonderful 101 remastered buttons. That's going to be on the show floor as well just a heads up you might want to get there early if you Mm. want to play wonderful 101 and if you want to back it up uh, it's definitely worth checking out um then our friend over there brendan groom who's also on the tetris panel he's hosting the top 10 video games we'd like to see as movies thursday night at 7 30 in the arachnid theater i kind of want to go because i want to pitch my rocket night adventures pixar movie (laughs) 
Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, another good one to recommend here. What's Good Games Live with uh, Andrea Renee, Brittany Brombacher, and Christine Steimer. Uh, Saturday, 5 to 6 p.m. at the Bobcat Theater. Uh, that'll be fun if you like the ladies over there. So, yeah, those are some of the uh, highlighted panels. Obviously, there's the Borderlands one, the Baldur's Gate one. Mm-hmm. Just really consult the site at PaxSite.com if you want to plan out your schedule. You're going to need that. Yeah. And um, I should mention also the two other panels I'll be a part of. So it's going to be a very busy panel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three here. <laughs> yeah, so like along with that Tetris panel, uh, I'm also doing a panel here. Uh, I'm doing a couple panels, actually, on Saturday, uh, starting off with What's Sleep? Managing Work, Real Life, and Content Creation. So it's basically going to uh, be me, uh, along with I'm Lost Empire, Shoddy, uh, and vaguely humanish. So um, I believe, um, I've, you know, with all the panelists uh, that are like listed on here, I'm the only one with like my actual name on there. So I probably should have, like logically dashing or the guilty man on there or something like that. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so basically we'll be getting into uh, you know basically your mental health as a content creator, and you know especially for people who want to get involved with a content creation. Um, and you know, you know kind of like want to know like what goes into it like a lot of stuff like behind the scenes because usually a lot of people just kind of like you know they see like the finished product and they think it's all hunky-dory and easy and really like you know your head can be like you know you're, you're just like pulling like your hair out sometimes like just trying to get like something out there that that looks like it's you know pretty simple to do but uh, there's definitely a lot of work put into it so that should be an, an interesting one if you're interested in that uh, again that's Saturday 11 a.m. at the Bobcat Theater and uh, the other one I'm doing here is on uh, Saturday at 1.30. Uh, it's called Creating NES Games in 2020. So this is the panel that I'm doing along with uh, my buddy Joe Cronado of the new 8-Bit Heroes. Uh, basically, he's going to be showing off NES Maker there live. Uh, so we're going to be basically talking about like what goes into actually creating NES games uh, like, you know, in the past as well as now, uh, especially since we're seeing like a lot of indie developers making NES games like still today, you know, still to this day. And uh, so he's going to have NES Maker right there on the stage, and we're going to make a game basically in front of everyone. And uh, it's gonna basically going to show like how easy it can be to make an NES game with NES Maker. So uh, should be a very interesting one. So again, that's one thirty at the Condor Theater. So definitely check that out. Uh, there's just so much happening, and then on top of that, you know, we have the parties at night too. Uh, obviously, we have uh, the big the big monster party that's on Friday night. Uh, I explained, uh, you know, pre packs on Wednesday, Maiden MA on Thursday. Uh, Nothing seems to be happening on Saturday aside from a razor thing, which I well no wait there's uh, the Monster Hunter thing. There's the Monster Hunter. Thing. Didn't Adult Swim have something on Saturday? Yeah, the actual reality party, and I don't want that. No, <laughs> it should be it should be fun. I'm I'm just messing around, but there's a lot happening during the show, which is kind of cool. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And um, I know there's also uh, you know I should mention also like um, our friend Liana Ruppert. She is doing a. Um, was it like it's like basically like a bioware panel so she posted about it just recently here actually it's going to be on friday february 28th at 9 p.m eastern at the arachnid theater so uh, it's basically called all is fair in love and bioware at pax east so um <laughs> they're basically going to be going into like bioware titles and like you know i, I think like uh, the romances you develop like with the characters and like you know all the bioware titles and liana's basically like, the perfect you know person to talk about all that like we've had her on before uh specifically for our mass effect episode where she just you know shows her undying love for so many different characters out there so and if you really need to see i mean she's got mass effect and dragon age tattoos on her arms yeah so that, that kind of oh, pretty yeah. much says everything you need to know 
I mean, we all kind of wear like our fandoms on, on our sleeve. It seems like with you with Battletoads, her with uh, Mass damn Effect, um, the Battletoads panel, yeah, and me with the <laughs> NES controller and everything. So I mean, we all kind of have like our fandom like on our sleeve. It seems. I did want to mention one more panel. There's a documentary called Not for Resale, a video game store documentary. It's being shown Friday night from eight to ten p.m. at the Bobcat Theater. It features a few of our friends, Andrea Renee, Greg Miller. Uh, you know, David's buddy, <laughs> Kelsey Lewin, <laughs> Blake Harris, who uh, wrote Console Wars. It, it just basically takes a good look at the video game stores that specialize in used media across North America. And, you know, with the uncertain future, with digital consoles and stuff. I mean, that's kind of why I think we cheer on backward compatibility quite a bit because, you know, we want to see these games go back into popularity and, and, you know, help these stores thrive, you know. So this is a great documentary. If you want to chill and watch a movie on Friday night, it's the best way to go. And um, that actually transfers over to um, uh, to like another documentary, which I know is going to have some presence on the show floor there. I'm not sure if it's actually going to be like shown there or anything, but uh, the filmmaker Philip Shane, uh, he's going to be there to talk about the Miss documentary that he's working on. Yeah, yeah. The video I'm going to try to I'm going to try to talk to him over the weekend as well because he, I don't think they're showing it, but they're going to show clips, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, I know I got like an email just earlier today, actually, in regards to um, setting up like appointments with them and everything. So I'll definitely see if I can get some time to talk to them about that, because that would be very interesting to go into. So. Um. Oh, and uh, one other thing that was just announced, uh, a special screening of the new Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back will happen at PAX. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> see, no, do, do I want to do that or, or do I want to do the Poke crawl? Because that's going to be the party. <laughs> I mean, if the Pokemon involves water. drinking, then I am all for that. Yes. <laughs> I am evolving into a good person. <laughs> yeah, Robert is evolving into the DCD. <laughs> I've returned. Who missed me? Oh, excuse do, me. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, what it looks like, it's a panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By there the way, we mean the Pokemon. The DCD is not getting a panel. No, right. My right. schedule is way too full. That's right. <laughs> and um, so, Robert, we should also mention, uh, and this is actually going to go into some some interviews that we have at the end of this episode, uh, like with Tripwire, right? Uh, Tripwire is also going to be on the show floor. They're going to show off their amazing shark game, Maneater, as well as the, the long-awaited sequel, Chivalry 2, a.k.a. where Morgan will spend a good amount of her time, if it's not the Tetris panel. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I got to check these out a couple of weeks ago during a Tripwire event in San Francisco. They were nice enough to fly me down and check out both games. Maneater is ridiculous. It's uh, it's basically you, you can eat anybody or anything you want, and it's a, a struggle with some of the smaller sharks. You can level up your shark. You can get, like, bone armor if you want, which is kind of cool. <laughs> and you do all of it while uh, Rick and Morty's Chris Parnell gives you the smoothest voiceover in the history of smooth voiceovers. So uh, we got an interview with Maneater. And then uh, also Chivalry 2. That's a long-awaited sequel where you could basically kill your opponents in a number of ways. You could light a chicken on fire and throw it at somebody if you want. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, yeah, take it away me. Here are the interviews. Hey guys, uh, Robert here. Uh, we are at the Tripwire event where we are checking out Chivalry 2. And I'm sitting here with... Uh, Steve Piggott, I'm the owner of Tormentor Studios and the creative director on Chivalry 2. Okay, and? And Alex Hader, I'm the brand director at Tormentor Studios. Okay, now let's talk about this real quick because Chivalry actually came out in 2012 and usually what we see from companies is like, oh, we're going to do a sequel and it comes out two years later. But this one's actually been cooking for a while now, approximately eight years since the release of the original. I mean, in all that time, you guys have just been doing careful research in terms of how to approach the sequel. I mean, whoever wants to answer, really. So this is something that this game, Chivalry, the franchise, it, it spawned our studio. It's our core passion. We were always going to do Chivalry 2 but we had to do it right. It's something we wanted to do with a true sequel approach. 
sort of the opposite of a sports game that might release a title every year without really changing much. I'm not really interested in that. I wanted to go back to Shiru 2 and we could bring it to the next level entirely. And that's what we think we've done. Great. And this question is for both of you. What do you think it is about chivalry that really caught on with people? What do you think is that factor that really drew them in? I think a major part of it was just how chivalry tapped into the emotions of battle as you're playing the game. You know, it's the button where there's a, uh, the game where there's a screaming button that you played it. Um, so that, that's a major part of it. I mean, the, the melee combat system obviously would tap, played into those emotions and drawing them out. Um, so the complexity and the depth of the melee combat was huge for it. And just that being, the feeling of being a knight on the battlefield with a big sword. So that fantasy fulfillment that uh, wasn't really um, ever, ever fully, um, you know, tapped into in other games. It was something that we did. Yeah, and I think one of the things that stood out for me is the fact that when you play in multiplayer, you actually stand a better chance compared to like people who will snipe you when you walk out of a safe zone or anything. You have to actually get up close, even with like an archer or somebody carrying a crossbow. You have to have like this level of okay, I got to get in this person's face, or I'm not going to do anything. So that's something I think that really sets it apart from other games. You actually feel the balance when you get on the battlefield. That's right. It gives that sort of sense that you're actually in battle with someone else there's a real fight going on that you have to overcome them it's not just you know they got lucky this is you went head to head and someone beat someone else and that's what sword fighting is all about yeah you were showing us in the gameplay there there is a lot of difference with the physics like in terms of swinging into a sword swing or or timing a block or or you know connecting on like a counter just there's just so much about the gameplay that digs a little deeper than oh i'm just going to run in and swing a sword and see what happens right right on that basic level, you can just jump in there, swing us around, see what happens, but you're going to come across someone who knows the game better than you and who's going to teach you where you're at, really. Yeah. And that's kind of our goal is we want to provide something that, you know, it is sort of a bar fight with swords. You can get by just swinging around, but there's also something to master there. There's something that if you really appreciate and understand the mechanics, this is a, a multiple thousand hour game. That's very cool. Now, what would you say is the big if there's any, the biggest change when it comes to gameplay between Chivalry and Chivalry 2? The biggest change in gameplay, without a doubt, is the amount of combat options available to the player and how naturally you can move from one strike to another. So a lot of games you have to sort of do one strike and then wait to your next action. In this one, we think of it a little bit more like swimming, where you're moving naturally from one strike into the other one. You can punch, you can kick, you can stab. It's it's really about the creativity and the options that players have to try and survive every every possible adversity on the battlefield. Not to mention actually being able to throw weapons. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, we we really get the first half of the match. We're just too busy like swinging our melee weapons. Mm-hmm. Second half, oh, I can throw my mace. Why didn't I think of this before? You yeah. know, that's part of that sort of bar fight feeling where you're doing whatever you can to survive, basically. So yes, there is that master sword man clashing of swords um, element to it, but. You know, sometimes you're going to have a, a bunch of guys coming at you. you, you down one, chop off his head, there's an archer pegging at a distance, so you're going to throw the head at them. Maybe there's other stuff on the ground you can pick up. So whatever you can to survive, you, there's always an element of improvisation and variety. So it's, it's never just like a one-note, slashy, slashy, slashy kind of experience, but uh, various different things can, can come into play. And you're always making an interesting decision moment to moment. Nice. And uh, now I know that the general focus is on multiplayer, but they're also, based on what the trailer that we saw today, there is a little bit of backstory here in, in regards to the return of a tyrannical leaner and possibly somebody that could unseat him. How does that play into the game? So our goal, even though it's a multiplayer game, is always to present players with like a believable world that they can immerse themselves in because our inspirations are Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and we want players to feel like they're in a world that we've created and 
they're on a team that's doing something that matters. So you have the Mason Order, and they're sort of more of the Iron Fist faction, where your objectives are going to be going in, killing peasants, setting everything on fire. Mm -hmm. and then you have the Agatha Knights that are more sort of righteous, and they're saving peasants, and they're liberating towns. And so there's sort of those two clashing uh, philosophies, and you as a player are experiencing a battle that has a narrative context through the objectives. So you do what a medieval army would do when you show up. So if, if you're sieging a castle, you push up a battering ram, throw up the ladders, put up the siege tower. Uh, everything that would be in that movie scene, we try and put and let players actually control on the battlefield. And that is really cool. I mean, but it never loses general focus on the multiplayer. That, that seems to be like the biggest draw. And also, uh, speaking of the multiplayer, it's expanded now to 64 players. I mean, we, we just had a match with like just a few players there, and it was madness. So imagine like 64 people just jumping, running and screaming in battle. I mean, yeah. That's, it's an awesome experience. I mean, the first game was built as like 24 players max. Mm -hmm. um, and the map design of, of the 64 player game we're now making is reflected around that, that huge battle feeling. Like we're trying to make you really feel like you're being placed into one of those movie battle scenes. Um, and the combat mechanics are also very adapted to, to make that viable. So there's much more sort of survivability mechanics and interesting things to, to keep you alive and to be able to fend off multiple foes at once. It's yeah. not just a dueling game. It's a game where you're in a war. Yeah, there was an actual strategy involved. Like you have two guys coming at you, and you have to like react quickly, evade this strike, and then try to hit here, and then try to hit there. there there's so much deep tactics besides swinging a sword or a mace or whatever you have. Exactly. Yeah. And our goal is really to capture. We, we always reference Battle of the Bastards because we think we do, they do such a good job of showing that feeling of like, how did I survive? You know, and when you we have this game where you're improving your abilities, you're mastering the combat mechanics. And you're proving your ability to survive in even more and more ridiculous situations. That's where the fun of it comes from. Yeah. Now the game's actually about to. You guys are about to come to PAX East with the demo, mm -hmm. and you're going to let people try it on multiplayer there. And then you have. Um, I don't know if this is cleared yet or not. The beta in March. Yeah, the album's, the album's coming in March. Oh, fun March. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you guys are going to basically start ramping up here and start bringing more players into the fold. I mean, are you excited? Are you nervous to see like what they have to say about the game? Yeah, PAX is going to be awesome because we're going to be showing a team objective map or part of a team objective map, and that's that larger, you know, sequential objective-based game mode. So we'll be showing Lion Spire there, um, one of our biggest maps by far. We were, you know, assaulting from a beach assault into a, into a city and then into a castle at the end. Um, so that'll be a 36-player booth, I believe. Nice. So a lot more than you were playing with today. Yeah, a lot of people running around just screaming. It'll be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm almost done. That's just awesome, awesome, thank you. And um, final question here. I know the focus here uh, is releasing Chivalry 2 this year on PC, but one day would you guys like to maybe see it come to a console, or do you think right now PC is just the focus? Because we know we got those new consoles coming up. So. Yeah, it's something we're always looking at. We're always looking at sort of where people are going to enjoy the game, so right now we're focused on PC today, mm -hmm. but yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time to talk to me, and I uh, hope you guys have a great showcase over the next few weeks. Well, you look forward to the game when it comes out uh, later this year. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Robert here. Uh, we are at the Tripwire event where they're showing off Maneater, this amazing game where you get to play as a shark and pretty much eat anything on land or sea. And I'm sitting here with John Gibson, president, or I believe the president. CEO. CEO, sorry. <laughs> CEO of Tripwire. Same. Same thing, yeah. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk here real quick. Um... How did you guys think, well, you know what would be a great game if we had a shark that could eat anywhere? I mean, how, how did the idea of Maneater come up in the first place? 
So we, uh, we've worked with uh, Alex Quick, who's now with Blindside, uh, over the years a couple of times. We worked with him on Killing Floor and uh, the original Killing Floor. And then he went off and made a Shark versus Humans multiplayer game called Depth. Mm-hmm. And after that, he really wanted to make something that was uh, single-player oriented. He had all this, these shark assets, and he started making, uh, he started making what, what would become Maneater. And he, and he came to us and said, hey, do you want to publish this? And we're like, hmm, okay, shark game sounds really cool, but it's probably going to be a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And we played it. I said, wow, this is really fun. <laughs> yes, we'll publish your game. So uh, we, could, we worked with them for a while, and in 2018 we revealed the game at E3, and the internet exploded. And we had no idea what kind of enthusiastic uh, feedback we'd be getting from the press and from fans, and we also very quickly realized that it was going to take a larger team than five or six people to reach the expectations and potential that the game had. So we asked uh, the team at Blindside, hey, would you like uh, to sell the IP to us? We'll give you a great royalty rate, and we'll work together with you. We'll throw 50 people on this. We'll help it meet its potential. We know they would have made a, a really great game, but with us being able to put the full force of our team behind it, you know, you played it. Game. There you go. Because <laughs> it's not often you see a shark game. Like, the only ones I can really recall at this moment, there was, like, Jaws Unleashed on the PlayStation yeah, 2. Almost 15 years ago. I know. Yeah. And then there was that uh, mobile game by Ubisoft, the Mighty Shark or something. It was just a yes. side-scrolling thing. Yeah. The gameplay didn't really do much. Here, you're actually able to do so much. You can activate sonar. And like I said, you can attack targets on land. You can actually evolve your shark with, like electric powers. I mean, you, you guys really, you weren't going for all out realism, you were just going for what would happen if a shark got super shielding and did this and did that. It's like super shark. Yes. Yeah, we, you know, we really, we started out with a kind of a realistic base to, to set a baseline and then we said, what would be, what would be really fun to do with a shark? And then we took that just to extreme levels. Hey, what if you could level up your shark and spend more time out of the water and eat more things? What if you, what if you could put on bone armor and smash through the holes of boats or electro bioelectric shock and shock a bunch of enemies and take them down? I think just being able to evolve the gameplay like that in, into an open world, no less. You know, it, it's one thing to like have some sort of areas divided up, but you can actually like swim through tunnels. You can break through. You jump over fences, break through certain barriers, and next thing you know, you're in a whole different area. It's really neat. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we really wanted to have a diverse environment, but also have exploration be a big part of the game. So breaking through those walls, going through those tunnels, jumping over things, uh, just. And then putting rewards out there for people to do that. Putting, you know, you find, you can find evolutions in those hidden caves and, you know, put things on your shark and make it more powerful. Not to mention, like, the different environments that are available. We only saw, saw like, a small dose here, but we had, like, there looked like a SeaWorld park. There looked like some sort of festive area, which would obviously not be so festive as you dined on as many tourists. But <laughs> you, yeah. Festive for you, perhaps. Oh, yeah, totally festive for me. But, yeah, I, I just really like the different environmental design. Um, and then on top of that, uh, there's also a great story here. You know, you actually get pitted against this master hunter who, who, who I believe, captures uh, the, the mega shark you play as the beginning, and then you have to go all the way back from the beginning with a shark that you have to evolve. That's right, yeah. You start out actually as an elder shark, and uh, we really wanted the player to experience right out of the gate what it's like to be this, have this power fantasy of the powerful shark. 
but also get to, to be the experience of knowing the fear of being that baby shark and running into an alligator in the bayou and, and having an alligator that maybe right now you have to run away from or maybe if you're really tactical you can take out and then grow and then later on be able to take that, uh, take that alligator on. Yeah. And we had, you know, we've had a lot of fun creating the story for Man Eater and giving it really that gulf area flair. You know, Scaly Pete, he's a... He's this wily Cajun shark hunter. And uh, as you play through the game, you find, you know, he's really an interesting character and not just a, I'm evil for evil's sake. Right. He's actually, like, driven because of, like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. But by the same token, you hate him for what he kind of did in the beginning of the game. Yeah. And, of course, he's not too happy about having his hand bitten off. Yeah, I know. He's got some other deeper motivations as well. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see that in the story here. Um... Another thing I really like are the physics. I mean, we saw the trailer with the guy in the shark suit. The guy you usually turned to, I believe it was, for the last few trailers you did. But it's just really great how you like get the physics down. Not only that, but of the water. Like when your fin goes like right above the water, you can see that little divide that goes behind it. I, I yeah, really right. like what your guys are doing with that engine. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, you know that was one of the things that we knew that we had to get right. Mm-hmm. If you make a game about water, the water has to look right. And honestly, a lot of work went into making that water part as the shark fin goes through it, having the foam come out behind the shark, and then just how things move. How, how does a boat move when a shark rams it? Exactly. How does a boat move when a, when, a, when a small shark jumps on the top of it? How does it move when a giant shark jumps on top of it? Heck, when you're chewing up a body, you'd be like, what kind of pieces come off when you're chewing like this, this tourist <laughs> Yes, exactly. All sorts of research. You're like, go get us some parts. We want to see how this is done. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's really cool, and I like the, the idea of what's behind it, like just being able to wreck all kinds of carnage above and below the water. It, it kind of makes me wonder, like, if Maneater's a hit, would you want to talk to Alex about maybe trying to add a multiplayer mode, like Sharks versus Hunters or something, or is that later on? So, uh, you know, if, if Maneater's a hit, um, there's... A lot of exciting places uh, that we could take this. Yeah, totally. I mean, imagine sharks versus sharks. That would be <laughs> wild. Just, just saying. And then finally, I, I gotta tell you guys something. This, this seems like the perfect opportunity to be like I sponsored during like Discovery's Discovery Shark Week. Just saying. I like the idea. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Call me Discovery. Yeah, call him. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us and inviting us out to try the game out. It's a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to when it comes out May for Xbox One, PS4, and PC, and later this year for Switch, right? Correct. We're looking forward to it. All right, thank you. Just had one more quick question here for John. Um, the narrator in the game is actually Chris Parnell of 30 Rock and Rick and Morty fame. Uh, John, how did you go about like convincing Chris, okay, can you talk while this shark destroys everything? It'd be great. You know, we shared uh, the idea with Chris. We gave him some examples, and Chris loved the idea uh, just right out of the box. Like, wow, crazy stuff is going on in the background, and I get to talk about that. In a smooth tone of voice, no matter. Yeah, and, you know, he is... He is so great at playing uh, something so funny in a straight way that just makes you chuckle inside. And sometimes on the outside. So, uh, you know, it worked out. You know, he, he jumped on it, we jumped on it, and said, let's do this. So, yeah, don't forget, guys, Tripwire will be on the show floor at PAX East. And, you know, if you want to play as a shark, I highly recommend checking out Maneater, even mm-hmm. if you don't have all notes on you.
It's like a real shark, not like a baby shark, if you will. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 we are not doing that. I will, David, you will not make it to the second day of passion. Okay? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Let's never do that. You do that in person, I guarantee. <laughs> there will be blood, and it won't be in the water. Yeah. Oh, and uh, one other thing I want to point out here is that uh, for those of you who are looking for some old school thrills, there's going to be a Red Bull Arcade at PAX East. It's going to be over at, uh, I believe, uh, D's Piano Bar, which is only like a five-minute walk from the convention center if you go through the side entrance. Uh, it's over there by the A-Loft where we stayed a couple of years ago. So it's D's Piano school, Bar, not D's Nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why are you doing this? Does this, does this to you all the time, David? Yep. I'm going to have to smack you in the head when I see you. <laughs> not long now. Not long. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that is basically our PAX East preview right there. And, um, Andrew, Evan, why don't you tell us uh, where people can find you guys online? All right. So for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos featuring members of the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at B3Crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you are in a band and want to be featured on our No Bears the Race podcast show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbashbrigade.com. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on the J-Pop Video Games and Anime Amino pages at KingBabyDuckESH. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and Facebook.com slash Land of Ash. Don't forget about all the other sites under the Land of Ash, including the Electric Sisterhood, Phil's Recap and Review, and Smashbook. On the Tuesday after Paxis, tune in to the No Borders No Race South by Southwest 2020 special. It is the episode where I showcase all of the amazing Japanese acts that will be performing at the annual event in Austin, Texas. This is one of the big reasons why I got into Japanese music. So please tune in. It's going to be one hell of an awesome showcase of Japanese music. There you go. All right, Andrew. And I'm Andrew Peggs. You can find me at H2O Acidic on Twitter. Uh, you can find me and my team all at MaroonersRock.com and on Facebook at Marooners Rock. Oh, don't forget, we're also going to try to do a, a live taping at PAX. Yes, well. yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah. do our usual live taping at PAX, uh, live at PAX impressions, basically. So we'll probably do that like on Sunday since um, that'll give us like the most time to check out everything that we want to check out on the show floor and uh, give like our impressions along with all the interviews basically that we'll have on the show floor too, so... Definitely check that out uh, when it's out, basically. So, um, oh, and I, I should also mention too, uh, since this is, you know this episode is coming out on Tuesday, um, we will still have an episode on Friday, uh, which will be a very interesting one for you all. Uh, is basically my conversation with EA founder Trip Hawkins, uh, and he had a lot of interesting nuggets to share there for sure. Uh, so it was an absolute joy and absolute privilege, honestly, to uh, to be able to speak with him and uh, have him answer the questions that I had for him because. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was not shy to uh, to let loose on some things. So, uh, so definitely check that out on Friday. So, uh, and if you want to find the Arcast on Twitter, we are at Arc Podcast. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arc Podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at the Guilty Man. You can also follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash the DCD, and make sure to stay tuned to pcinvasion.com. That's where you'll find my PAX East hands-on impressions, as well as any inter- interviews that I will get during the course of the show. And of course, I'll be contributing a lot of interviews to the ARC podcast. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at ARCast at retrozap.com. And be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars, Animaniacs, or pop culture in general. 
There's also us with Arcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. All right, now it's episode number 196 of the Arcast. Until next time, keep it retro. And if you see David trying to do the baby shark thing, just slap him. <laughs> just slap the shit out of him, because if you don't, I will. <laughs> just throw me into Boston Harbor along with the sharks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, a real man eater will be on display there. That'll be great. <laughs> right. Get some Paul notes you, in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys. If you see us, if you see us on the show floor, high five us and everything. And like I said, slap David. And uh, <laughs> we will see you guys at PAX in a few days. Take care. Catch you later. Catch you later. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And we host the Pretty OK Gamers Podcast. Think of our show as water cooler conversations with a little less gossip and a little more geeking out. My Halo, I think, is Legend of Zelda. What? No way. No. Who are you again? I'm Justin, and we're we're (laughs) rather okay at playing pretty good games. No, no. Every week, we talk about games and their history, and even ask ridiculous questions like, are open world games even good? So come join us every Sunday on the HP Gaming Podcast Network. See you there. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.